Are you worried that recent events have derailed your retirement plans? It certainly made us reassess all aspects of ours. And that's why we're proud to offer our listeners a chance to work with David McClellan, a fiduciary financial advisor from Forum Financial. David's practice specializes in financial life coaching and retirement planning. And right now, he's offering free consultations for our listeners if you mention the podcast. As part of this consultation, David can help you understand your financial freedom number and what that means to you in assessing your future financial plans. If you want to build wealth, if you want to make optimal decisions within your financial life, David is someone you need to talk to. You can reach him at 312-933-8823. Once again, that's David McClellan at 312-933-8823. He's located in Austin, Texas, but he's got a nationwide clientele. Do yourself a favor and get some great financial advice for free and see if you might want to work with Mr. McClellan. I think you'll be happy with your phone call. Welcome to the special fall camp edition of Everyone Gets a Trophy. Randy and I are going to be doing a podcast every day in August trying to recap what we heard happened in practice that day. It's going to be riveting. It's going to be awesome. It's going to, no, we're not going to do that. Sorry, folks. I know, I know a couple of you sadists were like, oh, that sounds great. Uh, but no, we, we are going to probably pretty be pretty busy this August. I'm going to have a bunch of people coming through here. And of course we get to pick a season schedule. We've already had Joe cook pick uh, TCU. We had Justin Wells do Texas tech. Surprising the East Texas guy went to the West Texas school, but that's shocker. He's uh, he's trying to diversify. And then Randy and I are going to have a, a good uh, choice. We think that's very topical and timely uh, based on the, the current news on the internet. But before we talk about that fall camp is here, man, all the talking is starting. All talking season is starting to end and hitting and playing football season is starting to begin. Couldn't come soon enough, soon enough, man. I'm, t- I'm so tired of the rant. Not so much from the, the local people, but the national people are starting to run out of, run out of ammo pretty quick. It's getting a little annoying. So do you enjoy the prognostication take where they say, I can't predict Texas until I see them do it? Uh, that's been very prevalent and it's stupid. Also somewhat like, contradictory. Yeah, that, that's what a prediction is, <laughs> dumbass. <Yeah. laughs> I don't want to be wrong, but I'm in the business of actually having to do this. So uh, I'm just going to punt. So if Texas goes 11 and one, wins the big 12 championship, goes to the playoff. Then told you so. Then I predict Texas can do this. They are capable yeah. of that because they just yeah. did it. That's good stuff. It's good prognostication. Uh, hey, I do have to tell you, give a little plug. The, 2023 Longhorn Football Prospectus, Thinking Texas Football. Would you like to hear what great coaches in the Amazon coaching section that it's currently ranked ahead of? Yes, absolutely, Paul. All right, because this, this will prove. Was that good? Yes, that was good. That's exactly <laughs> the kind of enthusiasm that I want from you, and you always deny me when we talk about this. You're, you're kind of like, a, you're kind of like the, the cock block friend. Uh, the the fat angry yeah, girl when you're well, pick, when you're yeah. hitting on the good looking girl and she keeps interfering. I get I get a good buddy that sends it to me for free. So oh, okay, well that's good. <laughs> Let me find out who that guy is because he's costing me like fourteen bucks. Uh, all right, it is currently ranked. It keeps going between first and second in bestsellers in football coaching. I'm currently ranked ahead of Bill Walsh. The score takes care of itself, Randy. What do you think about that? 
It just means you're a better coach than Bill Walsh. Obviously, that's, that's now you're picking up the theme of what I'm trying un, to do. Unrealized potential is what numbers shocking in it at a week number seven. The leadership secrets of Nick Saban. Again, I'm five spots or six spots ahead of him. Uh, Jimmy Johnson. He's number nine with his book yeah, he's called. A, he's a TV broadcaster now. Nobody knows that he was a coach anymore. Do you know what? Do you know what his book is called? Hairspray. Swagger. No way. <laughs> yeah, swagger. Oh, and the subtitle is Super Bowls, Brass Balls, and Footballs. What do you think about that? Seems very Jimmy Johnson like. <laughs> I actually like Jimmy Johnson. Oh, I do Quite too, but that is very up his alley. It would have been cooler if it was called Hairspray, though. All right. So, and, and then Pete Carroll uh, is chocks in it. He's clocking at number 26, win forever. So, Randy, in summation, uh, I am a greater authority on football than Pete Carroll. Nick Saban, Jimmy Johnson, and Bill Walsh. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. I mean, that's why you do this podcast with me. Yeah. I mean, no, it's per- perfectly, perfectly <laughs> rational to think that. Uh, tonight, this this night of stars, uh, Randy, before we got on the pod, broke to me that Framber just threw a no-hitter. That's right. For the Strohs. He Did he feel that Verlander pressure? He's like, I'll he, show I mean, you. I, uh, yeah, I, I think he. I show you, man. Think That's he felt, what he said. I think he felt a little bit of the. Uh, yeah, you don't need him. By the way, Martin Maldonado caught that. Oh Gabe. God! Jesus I know God. you're going to listen, Gabe. <laughs> Is his batting average over 155? Nope, yet? not okay. at all. But I'm still right. going to use it every chance I get. <laughs> all right. No, I can't defend him anymore, except right. for tonight. Randy always conspicuously silent on the Diaz Maldonado tension when Diaz goes yard or knocks a double off the wall and goes two for three, but he pipes right up when uh, he's, he's the, the catcher framing pitches on a no. I'm I like it. Refusing to let go of my initial stance. <laughs> like I, if, if you get proven wrong, I learned long ago on the no, internet. Just dig in, man. Just yes. dig in. <laughs> As a guy who's been wrong so many times, and I have all sorts of old posts that haunt me that people dredge just, up. Just dig in. I'm like, you know, I think this Tom Herman guy really has the right stuff. <laughs> Charlie Strong, finally a real leader. Yeah. Uh, but- I've. Uh, yeah, if you get haunted by your old takes, just dig in. Just be stubborn. No, but, yeah, but in, in all seriousness, note that I mean that's a really good sign for Fromber moving forward because he was not good over the last five six starts. So he gets that together, and we get some semblance of the Verlander of old, then uh, moves the needle a little bit. I was yep. of the opinion they needed more bullpen help, but starting pitching's kind of suffered a lot lately. So, and we're gonna get some Kate Upton Stadium crowd shots. Yeah, big price to pay though. I was a big fan of the. Uh, the guy they sent back. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, I've, my... I've always said in, in, in major league baseball, you take the known commodity and you deal with the consequences. So hopefully it works. I like it. All right, man. In that vein, talking season. Almost Still, over. Thank goodness. Almost over. But we had a little talking today. We had Steve Sarkeesian, Jeff Banks. We had a uh, flood get up there. Kyle flood. We had who else? Oh, Kwiatkowski. For the last anything, time, right? Yeah. Anything that you, <laughs> anything that you anything that you heard or saw from them that you you want to talk about or hit on? Um, for, basically, from from the flood standpoint, um, I just was more impressed with his 
his just overall approach and uh, ability to handle the press conference. I know he's been a head coach before and everything, but um, you know, I just kind of thought that his his message or whatever was very well thought out, and uh, you know, it was in- encouraging of, of him to mention we had eight guys that he thought we could win with, um, and then potentially more to come because he was pretty high on the freshman class. Why don't um, can I Banks interject? Is, sorry, for go a ahead. Moment? I'm so sorry. Why don't O-line coaches ever, or coaches in general, ever mention the players we're going to lose with? Well, that would be pretty counterproductive. Well, but they always talk about the eight guys we're going to win with. Like, tell us the nine guys we're going to lose with. Yeah, that's going to be put a that guy out. <laughs> Yeah. You know they have that list. It's somewhere. <laughs> oh, they do. It's like, hey, if this guy has to go in, we're going to have to <laughs> Let's roll coverage to him and camouflage him the best we can. Yeah, no, that's probably not something you want to put out in the public but yeah you're right it is a, is a pretty pretty easy talking point to where they're like well we can win with these guys I mean you know eight of the you know how many offensive linemen we got on scholarship right now but um uh, i don't Ban- banks impresses me more and more the more i hear him talk in public just because that that the the media perception or whatever of him that's out there yeah uh doesn't paint him as an intellectual guy but i think he really does understand the game and what goes into it I think it's why he's so successful. Um, and then Kwiatkowski, he, go well, ahead. Can I, just a moment on Banks. Uh, yeah, go ahead. He's a true special teams nerd. Yes, very much so. And I, like, it, he, I think it takes us. I don't. I mean, I think it takes a guy like that that's that's spent the hours upon hours on the special teams field um, to really understand how that goes down. Like, it's one thing to watch some film on it. Um, but I, th- I just think that's kind of a nuanced position to where unless you've been out there and understand what goes into it, it, it it's sort of a, a hard, hard nut to crack, so to speak. Yeah. You know, collectively, I think it surprises a lot of Longhorn fans to hear this. Collectively, Texas had a top 10 special teams unit last year. Yes, very much so. Yeah. Uh, and I think they could actually equal that or be better this year. I think they should definitely be better. Uh, yeah. I, mean, I think I think you should. Not, not that uh, Trejo was bad, but I think you should upgrade at punter. Your kicking situation should be better. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think with roster depth, your coverage teams always get better. Bingo. Uh, you have a ton of guys that had the potential to be on the field defensively and are trying to get on the field defensively with a, uh, a, a modem to, uh, to prove it. Yeah, though, I think when you – it's a real sign of team and roster speed – when you can look at your coverage teams, when you can look at your return teams. Uh, he also singled out Will Stone. I don't know if you you heard him uh, no, mention I that. that part. Yeah, so Will Stone obviously is the backup kicker for Burt Auburn. Burt Auburn, who was actually really good last year. People it sort of flew under the radar. The guy was 21 of 26. Uh, I think he was 7 of 9 between 40 and 49, which is no yeah. joke. Um, Everybody's, everybody remembers the one big miss, though. That's it. That's it. I mean, that's, Which, that's, I mean, that's life of a kicker. That's life of a kicker. It's it's probably the position a, a pitcher can most relate to, right? Very, mu- very much so. But no, um, he had a, I mean, he had a solid year, no doubt yeah. about it. And interestingly, Stone, of course, handles kickoffs. Auburn doesn't have a huge leg. Um, and Stone actually did – he didn't do have a lot of touchbacks last year. I think only about 26. And True. He was very good, though. <clears throat> he had three touchbacks. I mean, or, or actually, he had three – um, out of bounds where, you know, the offense starts with the ball and was it the 35 or the 40? Man, 35. Line. Yeah. Too far. Uh, I was too far I, forward. I think it's 35. I think you're, I, think I always forget. Yeah. It's 35. Uh, 
he had three of those, but he did a good job kicking directionally and pinning the returner. And so I, I know people freak out when there's a return. Uh, they're like, why don't you just kick it out the back of the end zone? Well, if you think you can get enough air under it and you've got a good coverage team yep. and you're not blown away by their returner, like he's not a god, if you can pin him directionally, he will not get to the 20. Yeah, no, if you can drop the ball inside the five mm-hmm. about 10 yards off the sideline. Oh, I'd, I'd say four or five, I, like it, be more aggressive, right? So you pin him it, on just one side. I mean, it's worth it to me to have, would you say four or five? Yeah. Out of bounds. You're, I mean, they're at the 35. I mean, yes, is an advantage over the 10 Yep. or the five. Yeah. So, but if you're looking at them starting at the five and the, 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 the negative of your approach is them starting at the 35, I'll take it. Oh, I'm sorry. I misunderstood you. I thought you were saying to directionally kick it 10 yards from the sideline. No, no, no. I'm saying if you can, if you can pin them in a little box over there by the side, because how many times do you see the, the, the return guy mistakenly pick up a ball that's going to roll out of bounds at the five? Yes. Almost fall out of bounds just because it's kickoff returns in college. And why wouldn't somebody do something stupid? You know, well, the trick they always forget is you can put a foot out of bounds yep and grab the ball i mean if you're concerned at all right that it's not going to roll out um but people lose their mind in that moment and forget no, it's just so, something that it, it just falls through the cracks you don't have enough time i mean you know infinite practice time you can't do everything yep well the worst thing in the world is when you got a guy kicks it it's fielded at about the five yard line on a line drive in the middle of the field Oh yeah, no, and no. that guy's got a two-way go, and <laughs> you're just no. like, you're close. When I see that thirty, yes, I'm just like, oh, this is not good. So yeah, I, I think we've done a good job here. But apparently, Will Stone uh, did a lot of uh, weightlifting and kicking, and they said he's been booming it out of the end zone. So they're now they got a decision to make. Um, I'll I'll take the option. I'll take it either way. That's exactly right. So anyway, that was pretty cool. Anything else anyone else mentioned? Kwiatkowski or any of those guys? Uh no, not really. I just, I mean, it, in general, I just, I'm more and more impressed with Sark and his message. Um, I mean, somebody mentioned it, it's like the only thing he's got left to do is win games. Um, but, um, you know, I, I, his overall approach, I agree with. His message, I agree with. Um, he uses the word intentional too much, but other than that, I really don't have too many negatives. He does that intentionally. <laughs> Probably so. Uh yeah, I, I don't know if you heard, he kind of talked about a couple of things and I think he was kind of honest about a couple of things he's not sure about or he wants to see improvement on. I think that's part of what's really, really interesting about him is he he's, a. I mean, he's still not an open book by any means, which nobody's going to be. Uh, but I think he's a lot more forthcoming than, than your average coach, which, which I appreciate just because it's not like he's giving away the secrets out there. He just, just telling it like it is chopping it up with his, with his local guys. Well, what I like the con I, I like him just basically saying, yeah, we don't have a running back who's done it yet. So we'll see. We lost two really good running backs. We trust uh, the Tom Herman's of the world are like, we love our running back room. Why are you questioning yeah. our running back room? It's like, we have the best just, offensive line in the nation. Yeah. This is better than Ohio it's state. Like, come on, come on, dude. <laughs> yeah. And, and Sark actually speaking of offensive line said, if we want to close games running the ball, our interior offensive line has to get better. Yes. And he's, right. he's exactly right. 
And that's probably the area of the offensive line. I have the most concerns. That's, that's the area where someone could get legitimately beaten out this fall. And and you think about it too. I mean, yes, you have experience coming back, but they're, they're still sophomores. So they're 19, 20, right? Yes. They're, they're playing against 22, 23, 24 year olds and some, in some instances. So yes, they're experienced. They're coming back with their own experience, but time is time is something you can't outrun. Wow. Randy. I'm ate, getting deep, Paul. You ate Chinese food tonight a, and read a, the fortune cookie. It's, yeah. It's getting late. That's <laughs> where we get into yoga mode over here in Yoakum. <laughs> After this, I'm going to go out to the, the local, um, I don't know what you even call it. Ashram. There you go. That's what, I, that's the word I was trying to come up with. Yoga temple. But, uh, but no, it's just, I mean, you, you can, you know, there's so many hours in a day. There's so much work you can do. And if you're 22, you've done more of that than a 20 year old. So. Yeah. I, I kind of love, he didn't address this today. He sort of brushed on it, but I remember there was, a, I wish I could point to it, but he got asked a question. It wasn't an official press conference, but he got interviewed somewhere and they were asking him about wide receiver depth. And he was basically like, yeah, we have, we have eight for a reason. I, I don't like, those guys need to all play and I don't want to rotate more than four or five of them at a time. And the basic attitude is like a coach saying, oh, well, they, you know, the dudes, like we only got a, a handful of these guys who actually know what to do. <laughs> so, yep. and, then, and then we got some young guys that we can put in certain situations because, you know, it's easier reads. And he's like, why do we need 12 in wide receivers? Like that, that was kind of his attitude, which I agree with, obviously. And I think he's exactly correct. I think, I think you have four to five that you'll find out there quite frequently and then you'll have your hey maybe we're up in this game and we're trying to get this guy some experience or we have two to three plays a week to where we go to this formation and this guy knows all right this is my job yes so and it, it wouldn't surprise me if it's cook and worthy on either sideline running as fast and as far as they can trying to open up the middle of the field yeah. Isaiah Nayor. That was one thing I was going to say was that was encouraging to hear him actually speak positively, be positively about that. Cause I think that guy changes the offense more than most people think. If you can roll Nayor Mitchell Whittington worthy in basically a constant rotation, you know, throw John Tay cook in there, Deandre Moore, and you just, just keep wearing on people. doesn't mean you have to throw them all out on the field simultaneously, right? We don't need to go five wide. You don't have to, but here, here's my world. But you could. <laughs> uh, if you go Nay or Mitchell wide. Yep. And then you have Whittington worthy in the slot, both sides. And, and Sanders. Do you need Sanders? You can throw Sanders in there. You go empty. I, I just, I don't know. It, it, the, the quarterback in me just gets way too excited about spreading the field with all those playmakers and the ability to do that. And then, I mean, I, I don't know the ins and outs of Whittington's health or anything, but if he is out wide and say you go five wide with uh, Sanders slightly detached or even tied to the line of scrimmage, and he just so happens to find his way back to the backfield, you catch a defense and dime, you hand the ball to him a couple of times. Yeah. Or use him in the screen game. 
you can get pretty freaky pretty quick. That's and legit. Think, and I think Sark's known to do that. Yeah, and you know that's in Ewer's DNA, right? The more Very we much. do that kind of stuff, the more Ewer's will feel comfortable, actually. Very much so. Yeah, I agree 100%. It's, it's exciting to think about the weapons. And I know people talk about balance, and sometimes I understand what they mean, but balance isn't running and throwing exactly the same amount of times. Ba- balance is being able to do what you want when you want to. And I think you've mentioned that before, but no, yep. it, I mean, the, the, the possibilities on offense made me want to buy like a big whiteboard and put it in my home office and just <laughs> stay up at night and see if I can predict what's going to happen on Saturdays. But it's, uh, it's, it's an embarrassment of riches at this point. It really is. I, I hear Ian Boyd's entrance music. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I don't know. I can't even imagine what he's doing up there in Michigan. Can you imagine Ian when it gets cold in Michigan? Oh, he just breaks like, out his whiteboard. He's going to buy some stock in Expo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean. Or whatever program he uses to draw up his little, you know, plays online. But yeah, it he no, it's. For for somebody who has a mind that's inclined to do that kind of stuff, man, the the possibilities with our offense, provided that you can get, it's, I don't even say it's got to be solid offensive line play. It's hell on DC. I'll tell you that. Well, I I think uh, Josh Heupel was throwing a little shade at UT in the SEC media days, you know, doing his thing for his program saying there's only one UT and we're the real, you know, correct orange, which is ridiculous. It's Daylo orange. It's an embarrassing shade of orange, but uh, the offense that he runs, I got to think he's going to get a little extra time or have a bye week and he's going to turn on a Texas game and see our receivers and he's going to see us throw for 275 and, you know, and then run the ball and be balanced and win the game. And he's going to be like, what a waste. <laughs> I, I could throw for 500 yards at these guys running my offense with A.D. Mitchell and Nayor standing out on the sideline, basically, right? Yep. With Worthy and, and Whittington and Sanders, like roaming the massive empty part of the field in the middle. Well, I think, I think that's kind of the unique situation about the the skill set that we have is is you could run that offense with our personnel. Yeah, you can run Sark's offense with that. You can personnel. do play action NFL. I mean, you can, you know, yeah. I mean, you could have, you can do anything. I, it, it, you know, you you have a lot of malleable talent. Um, and and Sark touched on it a little bit in the press conference where he's like, I think we can win multiple ways, and he and he's right. I mean, th- there could be a game that. You know, like he says, it takes on its own life and you got to win it, you know, 13 to 10. I don't, I don't know who the back is, or maybe it's a combination of backs or whatever, but I, I can see that happening. And then I can see us winning the game 60 to 50. I hope we don't from a defensive standpoint, but yeah, I, I think you have the tools to do it. Well, one thing that I talk about a lot and try to caution people on is sometimes you can play good defense and somehow the opponent still gets 35 on the board. You know, very much so very much. So pick six kick gets blocked. Your quarterback throws two first quarter interceptions. I mean, stuff happens, man. Three coverage bust. Yeah. And you bust the coverage. It's 21 right there. There you go. I mean, just the, the pace of the game, right? If you fall behind early and you've just got to play fast, how quickly do you score? 
Yeah. How quickly are you, are you, you know, are you throwing up points and all of a sudden your defense is gassed and you're having to throw guys out there that, you know, probably, you know, you're not relying on. I mean, it, so many variables in football. I think that, that that's what makes it so unique. Yep. Yeah. You statistics in aggregate tell a story, mm. but they don't, the bot, if you glance at the box score, it doesn't always tell you the story of what really happened in the game. Well, they hit, I think it, it, I think it was an inside inside Texas one earlier this week. Uh, may have even been the day. I'm not sure, but they hit on on one of my favorite points. Is you can average 35 points a game and score 60 in your non conferences and not score points when it matters. And at yeah. the end of the year, look at it and go, "Well, we averaged 35 points a game." Yeah, but did you really when it mattered? No, you didn't. Yeah, so, it's it's, I, it's it's coming from a baseball world. Stats can tell you the story that you want it to tell. Yeah, it, it, it you know, it there, there's there's a narrative to to the story that needs to be told to support the stats. I think that's fair. Yeah, I made the the mention in my preview of Baylor, trying to sort of explain scoring offense within a range and what it means and consistency, and they scored 69 against Albany, right? And they scored right. three against Kansas State. And they say, well, we're averaging 36 points a game. That's what Greg Davis used to do, that bullshit, with, you know, got shut out against OU and scored 70 against North Texas. And Max, like, we're scoring 35 a game. People dog cussing Greg Davis. And it's like, come on, Mac. Like, give me a break. We're not. You know better than that. uh, I mean, the problem is he knows better than that. He doesn't think we know better than that. And, And if you do, you're sitting there just shaking your head. And that's kind of what I appreciate about Sark is I don't, I don't recall watching a press conference of his, even pissed off, even realizing we got outcoached, frankly, against Texas mm-hmm. Tech. I never watched a press conference and just went, dude, don't insult my intelligence. That's not what happened. That, that was, that was that, for me, that was the banning part about Herman, right? Yeah. It was like, dude, look, I'm, I'm not that much dumber than you. <laughs> <laughs> you may not be any dumber than him. I might be smarter than him, but anyway, (laughs) save that for another one. All right. Well, speaking of guys who ain't so smart, Hunter Deckers, Hunter Deckers. (laughs) I knew we were going to get here. The returning quarterback for the, uh, well, maybe not returning, actually not returning quarterback for the Iowa State Cyclones. Uh, He, he went in the bathroom and left an upper decker for the Cyclones football program. He has been uh, caught red-handed gambling, and it's a little deeper than a college kid getting in, on DraftKings and making a couple of bets uh, on you know his local NFL team. A little, 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 little more than that. So let me uh, bring this up. This is an example of a two-star culture, Randy. I'm not sure if you're aware <laughs> of that. Yeah. So Mr. Deckers apparently was using his parents' information, and it sounds like they gave it to him so that he could bet on DraftKings. And he didn't just bet. He bet on an Iowa State football game, at least one in 2021 when he was a backup quarterback. Uh, He also bet on multiple other Iowa State sports. He had a bunch of different bets online, at at least $2,800. I don't know if it was, I don't, I think it might have been more, but that's the $2,800 is a qualifier, I think, to raise it a level uh, in misdemeanor or felony. I'm not sure which. He was also underage. Uh, long story short, 
Mr. Deckers is not going to be playing for the Iowa State Cyclones this year. Uh, he might not be playing college football ever again. I don't get it. Well, as a former athlete who played at the highest level <clears throat> and did bet, you bet on two-way mascot races. That's a fact. You, you did bet in the dugout. <laughs> yeah. There's no doubt in my mind. You, you oh, yeah, 100%. When you're, yeah. Okay. All right. So, but you covered that was it over up. Like who was gonna, it was with a teammate over who was going to buy the beers tonight. Yeah, there you go. Uh, but you didn't feel any need to go to a bookie and try to bet on any of your starts or anything like that? Man, I just... I just don't get it. Like, I, I don't, I mean, it, what, what are, what is he going to win? In, uh, it's What's such he going to gain? In, it's such an inconsequential amount of money. Yes. Like, it's just a, to me, it, I don't, I don't get it, but I'm, I'm sure there's plenty of people out there that, that have done it and haven't gotten caught that are, you know, whatever. But I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not a huge gambler to begin with. So that's probably part of it, but I, I just don't know why you would, why you would do that over what'd you say 2800 bucks yeah with the opportunity to make what i mean 40 bucks 30, or something 3500 maybe max. no i mean yeah i mean exactly on an individual bed he's yeah, like which i mean I, I, I mean i get it i mean i was in college without much money came out of <laughs> came out of college with a lot less money um for years <laughs> but uh, i don't know it, it's just a it's a weird deal but it's it's fascinating at the same time that this is like, seems like it's a pretty prevalent thing that I apparently I just wasn't aware of. Yeah, it's a but thing. I'm, I'm also I'm also a decade removed from this, and it's way easier to you know gamble and all that stuff now than it was back then. Hey, you want to hear about a guy, a former Decker's teammate who got after it? Ioma Owazarike, the fourth round draft pick of the Denver Broncos. I don't know if you remember him. Good interior defensive lineman for the Cyclones. He uh, he bet on four Cyclones games, $21,300, 801 online bets. And he also bet on NFL games his rookie year, and he just got suspended from pro football for the next two years. I mean, you, you have the opportunity to make hundreds of thousands of dollars. I, I just, I don't uh, know. Just yeah, not, not my deal. But yeah. you say it was eight hundred and one bets for twenty one thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. I just I'd like, what are you doing, dude? Like, like go roll dice in the alley with some dudes or something. I don't that's, know. That's twenty six dollars a bet. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said I. I, mean, I don't know the backgrounds. I don't know what that money would do for people. I, it's but I, I just. What does this say about the disgraceful criminal culture? that Matt Campbell creates in Ames, Iowa. Doesn't sound like a five-star culture anymore, does it? it I'm going to downgrade them to a two-star culture. 2.2 2 stars. It's a, That's their penalty. It's a 2.2 2 years since you should have left star <laughs> culture. Yes. Poor timing from Mr. Campbell. Yeah, he, bad industry to be in with, pet, with poor timing. Hey, this might be a related fact, which I, I'm... Part of my deep dives for my preview. Did you know he's one of the only coaches in football at any level who does not have an agent? Not surprising, but dumb. Do you know one of the jobs of an agent, Randy? Is to keep people from doing stupid shit like he's done. <laughs> to tell the guy, the client, hey, yeah, 
I know you think that you're going to win, you know, eight or 10 games here forever, but this is a developmental program and you have the ability to go coach Wisconsin. Go do that. Don't get me wrong. Like part of him kind of halfway admires him for, you know, thinking that. Yeah. But you got to have somebody in your ear telling you that's not the case. Like, that's that's the purpose of that that guy's job. There, there's a reason why that industry exists, right? The the coaching ladder is unforgiving. When you miss that shot at the rung as it's going by you, and you're the talk of the town. I'm boy, talking, you know, I mean, I, I don't know what his career aspirations were, but I mean, he could have been at a lot bigger college program and probably even in the NFL by now. Yep. Well, instead now, instead now, he's probably what fighting for his job. Oh, I don't know if he's quite there yet. I mean, he's, he's, uh, is he's Iowa restored. State. What's his, what's yeah. his contract status? I don't even know what it is. I don't know. I don't know. Offhand. I don't care either. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. He, knows. he doesn't have a five-star culture. I don't care anymore. <laughs> I really admired him when he had a five-star culture. Yeah. But now when I he had I'm, really, when he had really good players, I'm disgusted by this criminality, Randy. I'm, I'm just so angry. Just, I'm just yeah, so just, angry. I just think he's dumb for not leaving. <laughs> they got a bunch of thugs up there in Ames. That's what this probe means. They had the That's FBI. How far, Ames, how far is Ames from Council Bluffs? I have no clue. Maybe is that Council, far, right? Is Council Bluffs where the gambling takes place? Yeah, it's right across the river from Omaha. Oh, is that it? Okay. All right, we're going to let's do some map questing. That's what the listeners like. Yeah. Oh, it's just two and a half hours. Got to go through Des Moines to get there. Didn't know that. Boy, I'm glad I don't live in Iowa. I'm looking at a map right now. Doesn't now's, look, now's, none of, your, now's your opportunity. None of it, none of it looks appealing. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, timing is everything. If you're in the market for a mortgage, looking for a house, This is the time to call our friend Gabe Winslow. You can reach him at 832-557-1095. Randy thinks Gabe has terrible takes with respect to catching and the importance of a defensive catcher. Not necessarily. I just disagree with him. He just disagrees with him. All right. Well, that was a good save. Way to not undercut the sponsor. Yeah, I might need a house, Paul. (laughs) Randy, (laughs) Randy's done no joke. I think Randy's (laughs) done three deals with Gabe. So he's really not going to undercut the guy. He thinks the world of him. But uh, yeah, you can reach Gabe too and find out why Randy loves uh, Gabe so much. 832-557-1095. Hey, really sharp guy, uh, extremely uh, bright, national merit scholar, uh, law degree. I mean, just knows the, the industry inside and out. He's like, he's such a cut above the typical mortgage broker rate yeah. monkey. Just like, give him a call, find out. 832-557-1095. That's it. All right, we'll go to mortgagesbygabe.com. And then, or you could just send them up, you know, send them a text and talk trash to them about the Astros if you're a Rangers fan. All right, man. Uh, we were trying to debate, or you were trying to debate what, what team you wanted to do their schedule, right? And you were thinking maybe OU, right? You wanted to do one of the contenders, just like, you know, TCU and Texas Tech have already been done. But then, like a bolt of lightning, The Hunter Deckers news came down and suddenly we decided this might be amusing to do Iowa State, knowing what we know now. 100%. I'm all in. 
You are all in, in. and we are going to the Iowa State Cyclone schedule. I've been reading about it nonstop for the last four weeks, so I'm a super expert on it. The last four minutes, Randy has been (laughs) reading nonstop. And, hey, if we do a good enough job and we're persuasive enough, maybe ironically people will go put a wager on this. The current number in Vegas is five and a half. Five and a half. I may or may not have placed a legal bet on the under. Oh, we'll see where I land after this. All right, we're going to see. I, we're think, gonna do I this. think I might agree with you right now. We're going to do this exercise. All right, uh, we're going to start off with their schedule. Do you have it pulled up? I do have it pulled up. Let's roll. All right, I see Northern Iowa. Know nothing about them, but I've got to think that Iowa State's going to win that game. So we're one to know. Well, they are a school in the northern part of Iowa. And do you know their mascot? The Panthers. The Panthers. You nailed it. No way. It. Are you kidding me? You nailed it. Yeah, it's the Panthers. I'm just kidding. I have I've scheduled. Oh, you so. son of a gun. <laughs> All right. I was about to be impressed. Uh, the Panthers yeah. went six and five last year. Uh, not world beaters. Iowa State does have a history of starting slow in the non-con. They do. They, uh, do. they have lost to MAC teams before in otherwise successful years. So keep that in mind. Uh, but we're gonna we're gonna have them at one to know. Before we go into this, should we talk about who they're starting at quarterback? Who are they starting at quarterback? Well, they got not. they got two choices. They got a guy named Rocco Becht, and Rocco Becht is the backup quarterback. He saw a little action against TCU last year when they pulled Hunter Deckers in that game. Uh, he is a redshirt freshman. Six six one, two hundred and five pounds. His father was Anthony Becht, a twelve year veteran NFL tight end for the Jets. I don't know if you remember him. Remember that name? Yep. Yeah. Uh, Rocco <clears throat> couldn't beat out Hunter Deckers, which is probably the first thing you should know about him. Which Hunter Deckers? The one that played against Texas or the one that played the rest of the year? Yeah, for those Texas fans have a high opinion of Hunter Deckers. <laughs> that, that may not be warranted based on... Uh, Wait, it's way too high, but it's warranted. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's exactly right. That's, that's a really way, good way of saying that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but let's just say that uh, if you can't beat out Hunter Deck- Deckers, it's probable that you're not as good as he is. The other option is true freshman J.J. Cole. He's a four-star quarterback, four-star recruit, Randy, going to a two-star culture. So he's going to average out to about a three on the field. Uh, J.J. Cole's a big guy. He's about 6'7". He's a pure pocket passer, doesn't run. Yeah, I don't see that. That's not really their M.O. on offense, in, in my opinion. They don't, they don't have those kind of guys, uh, skill position-wise, for that guy to succeed. So it, I would imagine you see Rocco, but just my – Humbly uh, uninformed take there. And you know who he won't be throwing to? Any of the guys that they've had recently. Xavier Hutchinson. Yeah, he gone. Xavier Hutchinson gone. 166 targets last year, Randy. That, that, that would they've seem had to... a pretty good run. And yeah. to my knowledge, they don't have anybody anywhere close to that ilk behind him. You can correct me if I'm wrong on that, but I, I think it drops off pretty significantly this year. They had Jalen Noel, who was their number two receiver, and he dropped 14% of the passes that hit him in the hands. Is that good? Uh, no. Okay. 
Just because then you factor in the passes that didn't hit him in the hands, and he probably dropped another fourteen percent of those. <laughs> so he dropped twenty eight percent of his passes. Just those are the ones that hit him in the face mask. <laughs> All right. No, that's not good. Not good at all. We're back to our schedule, Randy. We got the Cyhawk. Iowa goes to Iowa State. This, whoever gets the 13 first is going to win this game and probably win by 10. So, or 13. Yeah, or 13. So, Iowa also involved in some of this gambling mess. So, we don't know who they're going to be missing. We know Iowa State is at least going to be missing Deckers. Uh, I think Iowa is kind of almost in reload mode in terms of defense. They actually, they've become like kind of a defensive juggernaut. I don't know if yeah, they're going to they play any better on bit. offense. They lost quite a bit, but they still, they still have the same personnel that wants to run the same defense. So yeah, I think that style of defense and it has proven true in the past. It really, 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 really plays against what Iowa state wants to do on offense. I'm taking Iowa. We're yep. one and one. Yeah. I'll take Iowa as well. Hey, do, are you familiar with Kirk Ferenz's son's contract? Yes. So how many, do you have any points a game he has to average what? to get his two-year contract? What a joke. 25. So he every time. To. Not Iowa. He has to. No, no, no. Iowa. So if he gets two kickoff returns. No, no, no. What I'm saying is if I would have made that contract, I oh, would yeah, have yeah. stipulated that he, he yeah. had to. They yes. screwed that up. But here's what I'm going to do if, Kirk, if I'm Kirk Ferenz's son. I'm a hurry up, no huddle. Every oh, game. Yeah, 100%. Screw the defense. Who cares? Yeah, I'm gonna, screw I'm gonna the average 30, I'm going to average 35 points a game. I'm going to get gonna... 17 offensive possessions and yeah. I'm going to scrape together 25 <laughs> points if I have to kick nine field goals. Yeah, I was right? about to kick field goals all day. It's fine. <laughs> all right. I, I'm agreeing with you. I think we're one and one. Um, yep. Next, we go Iowa State travels to Athens, Ohio. Yeah, that's right. They're traveling to the MAC team. And they're playing the Ohio Bobcats. Uh, that's hilarious to me. Uh, it's stupid. Uh, have you ever been to Athens, Ohio, by any chance? Have not. It's I'm actually to figure out where the hell it's at right now. It's beautiful. It's in. It's right on the Appalachians. You haven't been there. Stop I have it. been there. No, you haven't. I have. They were dumb enough to send me a football recruiting letter. They got me confused with someone. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I've been to Athens, Ohio, and it is actually one of the prettiest college campuses I've ever seen. No joke. All right. Well, there you go. So take that, Randy. I'm going to have to defer to you on that one. All right. You're not big into the aesthetics of college campuses, but I think it's important. All right. Here's the thing you need to know about the Ohio Bobcats. All right. They went 10 and four last year. They were seven and one in the MAC. This, this is no guarantee on the road, could Iowa is, State lose this game? I can't think of the guy's name, but is he still the coach there? Uh, Frank Solich? Yes, Solich. No, still there? I don't, I don't think so. Man, that'd be a lot cooler if it was. Uh, let me let me look it up and make sure, because I'm not really up on my map. probably football. supposed to know this before we... Uh, I still think... Uh, no, his name is Tim Albin. Uh, I, I still think he's Ben Roethlisberger. former head coach at Ohio. Yeah, Tim Albin. They went 20, no, no, 10 no. and 4 last year. They won, They went 7 and 1 in the MAC. Come on now. Iowa State. All right. 2 and 1. Coward. I'm, I'm going to agree with you. So we're trying to be nice here. I'm not trying to be nice. I'm just trying to be right. All right. Well, nice, Randy. All right. Oklahoma State. 
travels to Ames. Did you see Gundy at Big 12 Media Days? Gundy always does something stupid on the road early and loses. And I think this is prime for that. And then he'll figure out next week. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to take Iowa State. What is, are you? Do we need to recap the prior 15 minutes where we talked about Hunter Deckers not being on the team? Nope. So that's probably going to be a night game <laughs> in Iowa State. And like I said, Gundy always loses some random weird game early in the season. And this is going to be it. And this is going to be his moment where he goes back and watches film all night for three nights and figures out his team. All right. All right. So Randy's got them at three and one. I'm going to say two and two. I'm, I'm not actually a big believer in Oklahoma State this year, but uh, I think Iowa State might be headed for a rough, rough patch. All right. Iowa State then has to hit the road. They're going to Norman, Oklahoma, Boomer Sooner. What do you got on this one? You go first. I, I'm assuming you have Iowa State. You've got them going to the playoffs now because they lost Hunter Deckers. Nah, I got Oklahoma, but I'd love to take them just because I want to. You ever watch a little <laughs> big league? No. What is that? The mo- it's a movie. A little bit. It's about baseball. Little kids, like eleven. His grandpa dies, and he assumes control of the Minnesota Twins. Names himself the manager. But uh, anyway, there's a line at the end where they're watching the game on TV, and uh, they need. Uh, they basically need the team that's hitting to uh, lose to force a playoff, and it's the Mariners. And they're using real people or like real athletes. And uh, Dave Magan ends the plate with runners on first and third with the potential to tie the game. And one of the main characters goes, Mags, I know you're a decent human being, but die like a dog. (laughs) That's how I feel about Brent Venables. Yeah. I don't dislike the guy, but man, the, the farther that program can sink just helps us. So I would love to bet against him, but I don't think this is the time to do it. Is that movie a Scorsese film? Yeah, it's definitely that that highly acclaimed for sure. Okay, just making sure. All right, we we think o, OU runs. So I've got uh, Iowa State at two and three. You've got them at three and two. So they're still contenders in Randy Randy world. Yep. TCU travels to Ames. Loss for the Horn Frogs. No loss for Iowa State. <laughs> All right, I agree. All right. So now we're three and three for Randy, two and four for, for the correct predictions by me. Uh, Iowa State. Oh, this is going to be awesome. Iowa State travels to Cincinnati, baby. This is this is one. I, I have a couple games circled on the season for like big, tw- <clears throat> big 12 must watches. And this is one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I think the TV ratings for this could break 80,000. Zero people are going to watch this game. Do you know how many pets? For me. Do you know how many pets are going to watch this game? Like owners who left the TV on to keep the pets happy while they go out on Saturday night. A lot. That's going to be the whole Nielsen ratings viewers, a bunch of hamsters and dogs. Because we're also into the second half of the season when Cincinnati realizes that their head coach hire was terrible. Yes. And you got Matt Campbell trying to save his job. But let me throw this little loop into your to our, our, our little story here, Randy, of, of these two juggernauts. Cincinnati is terrible at every position group, but... Defensive line? Defensive line. They have the second-best defensive line in the Big 12. And actually, they can be pretty destructive. So what if you have Rocco Becht or J.J. Cole back there 
uh, crap and peach seeds behind, you know, in front of a pass rush. Could well, Cincinnati pull off the upset at home? Oh, absolutely. They can. And th- I mean, this is all, I mean, my whole thing's predicated upon Iowa state being able to have some sort of functioning quarterback play, Yep, which is far from a given debatable. Uh, but I, I would even, I'm, I'm going to take Cincinnati at home in that game anyway, just cause Woo, buddy. All right. I, I I'm going to, so. I'm going to say I was just cause all right. I'm going to say Iowa state takes it. So now we're both, we both have them at three and four. So now we've evened up. We evened up. We, we have, uh, I'm so crazy that we have the same record prediction right our, now. Our stream. Well, in fairness, <laughs> you had these guys going to the playoffs early in the season and That's now true. you've come down to earth. Yeah, all right. I've, I've calmed down. Okay. Now they got to pack up. They get a two-week rest to lick their wounds or celebrate their victory, depending on whether you believe me or Randy on this one. And then they get to go to Waco, Texas, and Dave Aranda. The Baylor Bears are waiting for Iowa State. What's going to happen here? I mean, I I get Baylor win. Yep. I think it's going to be an ugly, low-scoring game. Yeah, I I don't don't see it being pretty. I would like to watch Baylor play like three weeks to – have a better read on this, but um, oh man, that team could be. I mean, it's not going to be a great team, but it could be real bad or it could be mediocre. Baylor, yes, I don't think they'll go all the way to real bad, but I think they could be very mediocre. I mean, I think that's almost the ceiling, yeah. All right, Iowa State gets to go back home. Nothing, nothing more dangerous than a cornered animal, Randy. You ever cornered a cyclone? So, so this is an interesting deal, and I'm not familiar with hunting season in Iowa State or Iowa, excuse me, but that's opening week in a deer season in Texas. Yeah, that's about right. So I got most of the fans from Iowa being in deer blinds or doing whatever they do up there to hunt. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Kansas wins that game because they're better. Ooh. Muzzle loaders. In Iowa, they can... When do they open? Like October October 14th. Oh, 14th. Do you know how they hunt deer up there? Uh, They like run them. Yeah. Like, and shoot them with like slugs and stuff. So, I mean, you have people on like on both sides of a, uh, like a right of way. Yeah. Hunters shoot each other in Iowa all the time. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Very easily because they're shooting at each other with slugs. I, got, I, I did I not know that until like probably 10 years ago. My one of my cousins went up there and hunted and he's like, you won't believe this. And I still don't, but uh I'm not gonna argue that Texas style deer stand hunting is the most sporting form of hunting ever invented. Yeah, no, I th- I'm I'm more archery style, but yeah, that that running them down to shoot, yeah, and shooting with slugs on their hollering is worse. Yeah. <laughs> At least you gotta be quiet for, for Texas. So to speak. Yeah, I'm I'm more of a primitive skills hunter, Randy. Yeah, just drop on them with a knife, tomahawk. Yeah, definitely. I can Claw, see that club and fang. All right, Kansas was going to Ames. That was the game on November fourth. So, I like Kansas to put some points on poor uh, Heacock as he repeatedly gets has to start possessions defending at like the forty five yard line. So, so I like Kansas in this game with one caveat. What's that? They're still not very deep. And that's very, very far into the schedule. That is true. And who do they have playing? That but is I still, true. I still think they're, you know, looking at it early in the season, preseason, whatever, they're, they're the team to pick here. But right. that 
that could get dicey if you're missing some key pieces at that point, because I just, they still haven't gotten there from a recruiting standpoint of having guys lined up. Cyclones are three and six, Randy. And now they got to hit the road. What's our, what's our over under five and a half? Well, five and a half. I'm, I'm looking good right now. They got to hit the road and they got to get to some elevation. These flatlanders, these Iowa flatlanders have got to go to Provo, Utah and BYU in November. Starting to get a little spicy. Got a little thin air. Got some cool weather. It's a loss. Four. That's a loss for Iowa State. BYU wins that game at home. All right. Do you think BYU's good? No, but they win that game at home. Okay. I think I agree. And I think that's actually going to be a very close game. Eh, I don't. Well, you're wrong. And you'll learn that in November. We'll see. Write it down. All right. Give me Iowa State plus 17. I said it was going to be close. I'm just trying to catch you unaware. It's late at night where you are. <laughs> it might be 11.25. I'm not dead. All right. Here comes the big upset, Randy. No. Texas Longhorns don't travel to Ames. Don't even, don't even float that out there. November uh, 18th. What do you think? Are you concerned? You know, Texas, we, we just can't beat Iowa State. We're four and three against them over the last seven, and we're 15 and five against them all time. But we can't beat Iowa State. I'm not sure if you're aware of that. So we're coming off of the game at TCU that week. That's right. I bet it's a lot closer than what we would like to say. Uh, put it this way. We should still win that game. Well, if we think our defense more than has a handle on them, is there any reason to turn to page two in the playbook if we think we can win 24 to seven? No, you win the game 24 to I mean, seven and don't even mess with it. Yep. Like who cares, right? And and some Texas fans will bitch, but you're just trying to get to the next game. It, it, it doesn't matter anymore. Like the, the days of that are gone. It, the win-loss record is what matters. Yep. Three and eight. This isn't good for Iowa they're, State. I, I'm, right. I'm going to go out on limb here and say that they're not going to get to five and a half. Well, they're going to travel to Manhattan, Kansas, and Kansas State. That's their final season. That's their final season finale. They're going to pull nope. the big, the big. Uh, we love Matt Campbell upset. Nope. Will Iowa State deliver an impassioned appeal to the NCAA and find Hunter Decker some eligibility for that final game? I don't think it'll matter. All right. So it really doesn't matter at this point. But are we going Iowa State three and nine? That's what it looks like. Holy moly. You're at three and nine, and I could see a path to five and seven. Yep, I agree. I don't think I see anything more than that unless some things really, really, really fall their way. Well, your official prediction is three and nine. Yes. But yeah, I can see the same path to five and seven. That's the exercise I sort of did before I threw down my money on the under. Man, I just have, you have just, to sell me something awesome to go more than five. I mean, they're having to beat OU on the road or Texas at home or Kansas State on the road. And I just So who who do we have for wins? We had Northern Iowa. Northern Ohio. Iowa. Ohio. Uh you had Oklahoma State. I have Cincinnati. And that's it. Ugh. 
man, I can see a Kansas or a BYU maybe sneak. Could maybe, they beat Iowa? Maybe just a because Baylor? Iowa. Just because Iowa. They're not going to beat Baylor on the road, dude. Uh, you're higher on Aranda than I am. Though. I'm not high on them. I mean, they're just going to run outside zone over and over, and then they're going to play defense. And Iowa State's not. I gonna just score. don't. I don't see it, man. I mean, I this is me squinting with rose-colored glasses. Like maybe they get to six. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I don't see it. You know, it's funny on that five and a half is the juice is to the under, so you actually get a decent payout on that five and a half under. Maybe they know something I don't, but I oh, don't I, see I, it. I think they didn't adjust their line for Hunter Deckers is what I think. Oh, I that's think. possible. Yeah, if you caught it before then. Yep, I did. So I don't. I mean, does he, is he really that big of a game changer? I guess maybe so. I don't know. He's just. A, I mean, he's a starting quarterback. He's a solid, yeah, he's a solid, reliable guy. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think. Look, the 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 hallmark of that team is the defense, and so mm-hmm. could could they win some games, seventeen, sixteen? Yes, very, very much so. Yeah, no doubt. But, but I think that relies upon yeah some sort of competent quarterback play that I don't think they're going to get. Yeah, I mean, so there's a difference between, hey, our quarterback's not great. Let's play risk averse, and then there's a, and then there's our quarterback is bad, and when yeah. we try to convert third and eight, he throws an interception. Yep, like that. It that it, that will undermine your defense quickly. Uh, I don't know if you ever saw the TCU Iowa State game last year. Uh, I'm I'm sure I did. I don't remember it off the top of my head. No. So TCU beat them by 48, and they didn't gain more than 400 yards. It's not good. Yeah, they just scored on pick sixes, special teams, short fields, over and over and over. They pulled Hunter Deckers. Random random stuff. Yeah. So that's the nightmare. Um, You know. Could they rise up and play great defense and beat someone? Yeah, that's within the Very realm of possibility. possibility. Is it going to happen multiple times? No, that's what I said. I mean, I think it's maybe your scheme lines up one or two weeks more than what we're giving them credit for. But yeah, not every. I mean, you can't you can't out scheme that every week. It's kind of what we said about Kansas, right? Like week in week out. Yeah, it's not there. But can they beat you every week? Possibly. What's the impact of this on Texas? Of what are you referring to with this? No Deckers. Iowa State crippled. I mean, depending on what you see out of their quarterbacks, but I think that allows you to get uh, kind of very, very risk averse, just trusting the fact that whoever's playing just hadn't played that much football and probably is not going to recognize most of your, your third down stuff. Now that is the second to last weekend of the year. So in theory, you would like to say that that guy starting, if he has started all year is no longer a first year starter at that point. But I, I think he that guy might be a first year starter at that point. I think Iowa state might be on their second or third quarterback by then. Very possibly. Right. Very, That's kind of how that works. Do you remember early on when Matt Campbell took over and they played like three or four quarterbacks his first yes. couple of years? Yes. And and so what I was going to say is same approach to the Texas defense by November 18th. They're going to have that thing dialed in pretty damn good. Yep. And I, I don't think 
either one of Rocco or whoever the other guy was. Um, JJ Cole? Yeah, is going to scare anybody real real bad at that point. Yeah, the, the persuasive thing for Iowa State might be – so what was their big weakness last year other than offense? They literally could not run the football. No, struggled mightily. And I don't think that's going to improve much this year. I, I, I mean, just looking at who they come, who they bring back, I, I would be shocked to say that. I mean, I think their best bet offensively is going to more of a spread, quick, get the ball out of your hands. They probably don't have the game changers to beat you down the field and try to methodically have a quarterback that can make good decisions. However, they probably don't have a quarterback that you can trust to make good decisions, so you're in a world of hurt. Yep. Well, and that's what they ended up doing with Hunter Deckers, right? I mean, I, yep. I was – Hunter Deckers threw the – he had 500 passing attempts last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's – At ADP of what? Four yards? Yeah, his A dot. Yeah. yeah. Average depth of target was not down the field. Uh, and they were just trying to get the ball out. And they had zero ability to run the ball, zero ability to play action. He he was the ability to run the ball, really. I mean, yeah, yeah. Wide receivers outside of Hutchinson were not good, kept Mm -mm. dropping the ball. I just, man, I just think that if they were going to go to even Hutchinson dropped the ball, famously so, thankfully. Thank God. Uh, Thank God for Anthony Cook and, and Hutchinson dropping a ball. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't see the upside. There, there's got to be some Iowa State cyclone who is sitting listening to this, tearing their hair out of like, don't you fools realize JJ Cole is you know the second coming? But yeah, I wish yeah, I could get him on, but I don't know him. Yeah, so. don't want to know him. Leaving the Big Twelve, no. no longer worried about it. Yeah, thank goodness. All right. Well, I think that that is going to be their season. Uh, maybe they don't go three and nine, but I don't see them winning six. No, I, I don't. I If they go over, I will be very, very surprised. It, it tells me Rocco Becht is like much better than. Yeah, they, they found something way better than what they thought they had. And yes. one of those two guys. A hundred percent. Yeah, I think it's a it's a Sonny Dykes, Chris Kleiman realization that they were starting the wrong quarterback all oh, along. Yeah, or, or they go TCU style last year and like every other opposing quarterback gets hurt. Yeah, (laughs) you can help that with a little targeting, just like TCU did. Yeah. Oh, man. So, hey, do you have any thought uh, here? Oh, here's something crazy. Speaking of betting, since we're going on a betting theme, this is madness. I had to bring it up. Texas, do you know what their betting line is to win the Big 12? Win the Big 12. I don't. Okay, so let me pull it up super quick. Back in May, when they posted the lines, like, to win the conference, to win the Big 12, it was Texas plus 160. So if you bet $10 on Texas, you win 16, right? Right now, it's Texas minus 143. So they're saying... That's a significant, significant swing. Yeah. And what they're basically saying is Texas has a better chance of winning the Big 12 than all of the rest of the Big 12 combined. Yeah, you're taking Texas versus or against the field. You're taking Texas against the field significantly. By, yeah, by a lot. Yeah. 
Ooh, man, that's. I mean, that's kind of good to hear. I yeah, guess. yeah, a little pressure, but, at but the same also time, good. But I also think we have an an outlook uh, from the top down that has sort of embraced that fact this year, which is yeah. good because that's where it needs to be anyway. So the next best winner for the Big Twelve. That's what I was going to ask. Who's who's next? Oklahoma plus four fifty. You bet ten bucks on Oklahoma, you win forty five. Yeah, their schedule's so easy. I mean, I'd love to hate that, but yeah. Like I said, I Venables, you're a, seem like a good dude, but I hope you burn. But um I man, I don't see it. I I I don't see I just don't see Gabriel making it through the season. Yep. Not not in this conference. Unless their offensive line just plays unbelievably week in and week out and they protect him. But he, he takes off and runs too much for a little bitty guy. Yeah. So just to, to put a little bow on the betting, if you bet Texas back in May at plus 160, 10 bucks wins you 16. Right. If you bet right now, minus 143 is the correct number. 10 bucks wins you seven. So the implied odds there are that Texas has almost a 60% chance to win the Big 12. I'd say that's low. Honestly, there's no re- think, there's no reason that we don't. I think we're the best team. Yeah, I mean, I I just don't. I I don't I don't see if you play the way you should. I just don't see the I don't see the losses. I just don't. Yeah. Another so. aspect of Iowa State being down with the newcomers is I think there's some Big 12 coaches who might have been looking at a tougher year than they thought, who might have a softer landing this year than they think. So you were talking about Baylor. Yeah. Some of those games that might have presented peril or if they'd had to play a true round robin or even OU, right? Oklahoma State. Oklahoma Oklahoma State's got the easiest schedule in the world. They played no one. No. Also, it presents an opportunity for the best of the newcomers, who I think is UCF. But I'd say what it does do for Oklahoma State is, hey, you have a bad year? Yeah. Gundy starts getting a little, little, little coals under the toes, maybe. Not under the seat, but. Yeah, that's an interesting conversation. I I think ultimately he'll always rally back the program. I agree. Um, He's too gifted. But that's a really interesting thought. Uh, I mean, mean, that's the whole national talking point at this point, right? It's like, oh, wow, look at all the favors that everybody did for Oklahoma State with the schedule. Yeah. Well, it's getting better adding Colorado. (laughs) Well, by the way, Randy, are you, you are you you watch yourself? Hey, are you aware that something like eight, I think eight or 10% of the win the Pac-12 betting tickets in Vegas are Colorado? No way. Yes. There's that many stupid people out there? Yes. I should have known that from multiple other reasons. From, but anyway. from everything you do yeah. in your life, interacting with people. Uh, so... I, maybe God. I'm insane. I hope Colorado, those are all like five dollar bets. 
I, I, maybe it's like a fun a bet. Shit ton of money. Yeah, maybe it's a fun bet by Colorado alumni. I don't it, know what that is. Uh, but. It, can we bring up the fact that Dan Landing's an idiot? Do you hear sure. this? What do you do? He just randomly attacked Colorado. Like somebody asked him about Colorado leaving to go to the Big 12. And he was like, well, last time I checked, they haven't won anything in this conference. So I don't see why I should be concerned with it. I'm like, dude, just shut up and give him the easy coach speak answer. Like you play Colorado. You're probably going to beat them by 40. That's fine. But why would you even give them any? I, it's dumb. It's just so stupid. I don't you know why. Like, he's Dan Landing. And he's trying to get attention because he's trying to get in the Big 10. Yeah. Also, it doesn't matter. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's still going to beat him by 30, but I mean, so I, I think what's crazy here's the thing. It's just so, it's just so dumb. Like, why do you even, like, why do you give him the, why do you even waste your breath on it? Be like, yeah, man, it's unfortunate. Or I don't care. I don't care would have been a better answer. Yeah. Irrelevant. Next question. No, who cares? Ask me about my starting left tackle, whatever. Or I, I would be like, I'll miss Ralphie. He's yeah, really entertaining. Exactly. That's a better answer too. Ralphie's a yeah. she. But um like I miss going and smoking pot in Colorado. So <laughs> you can probably do that in Oregon. So it doesn't yeah, matter. there's no there's no barriers to pot smoking in Oregon either. Uh I I look at Colorado and I looked at the schedule, and I you know, hilariously, as the Pac 12 is dissolving, this is the best the Pac 12 has been at the top in yes. like over a decade, right? Super top heavy though. Super well, top heavy. Not just, but actually their top six teams are pretty good. Like Oregon State is fine. fine. I mean, they'd, they'd be like... They beat Oregon last year. You're right. You're yeah, right. I mean, I think they'd have a winning record in the Big 12. I'll say that. You're probably right. Yeah. And then UCLA is decent. Uh, and then Oregon, so Washington. We're going to say Oregon, Oregon State. Yeah. UCLA. Washington. Yeah. There's four. Are we counting USC? Yeah. And oh, well, we have to count them for this or, year. Yeah. So, so, so I was discarding them. Oh, yeah. You, you have to count them for this year. Okay. Well, in that case, I'll give you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But so people are trying to say that Colorado is going to a bowl. No. Their best case scenario is three to four wins. Yeah. Best case scenario. Yeah, exactly. It's they crazy. terrible last year. Well, not just that they were and terrible. Three people, years ago, like they've been terrible. Many of these transfers they're bringing in are second and third team guys from name yeah. programs, and people are like, "Oh, that guy was a four star." It's like they're not. They're not Gucci. No, they're not Gucci. They're not or Gucci whatever, yet. Whatever he said, Louis. Sorry, Louis. How, I, how dare I? I I think is Gucci a grade down from Louis I have Vuitton? No idea. I don't not know either. My, not I, my cup of tea. <laughs> I, I I top out around Nordstrom. I don't really know. <laughs> Anything that they don't sell there. We just got a uh, new Dollar General. Did y'all really? Another one? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Another? <laughs> it's right next to the other one. Yep. It's like a, in Yoakum, it's just a Dollar General and a Starbucks. Um, do you guys have a Starbucks? No. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> we have an Asian-run donut shop. Snowflake. Do you, do you have an Ace Hardware? Yes, do. Oh, okay. New new deal. But yeah, we do. Are you pissed they changed their jingle from Ace is the place at the helpful hardware man to the helpful hardware person? I was not aware of that, but yeah. Guess I'm driving to Victoria. 
Lowe's here I come. Exactly. Oh man. You're not gonna you're not gonna no, support not that, that nonsense. I'm not, that, I'm not that plugged into all that stuff. But yeah, they did just open one not too long ago. That's awesome. Did you guys have like a parade? <laughs> not, not at all. I would not have, at all. I would have saved the opening to coincide with Tom Tom Festival. Oh, they could have rolled it right into there. You're right. Yeah. Maybe they're waiting for uh nah, it's been open for a few years now. So I was about to say they could have waited for land of leather, get that other, the other uh, town celebration. But you, you keep dropping leather references. You're going to have HG Bissinger coming down there. That's right. That's right. You know who that is? Right there when you drive into town. Yeah, I do. The the Friday Night Lights guy. Yeah. You know he has a a weird leather fetish. Uh, I was unaware. He does. I mean, I wish I was. I wish I was still unaware. But yeah, it's a great book. So. It's a great book, but uh, yeah, you can Google it if you if you want to vomit a little. Probably, in your mouth. probably not. I'm good. <laughs> You're good. All right. Well, I was actually hoping for the team that you would pick for schedule. Iowa State was very enjoyable. Thank you. Uh, I was I hoping told you I pick... just wanted to pick somebody where I could just yell loss. Yeah, loss, loss L L. We should have gone West. Vir- should have gone West Virginia on that one. And we'll save them for last. I think West Virginia has to go to, to Penn State. Who's the most pessimistic person you know? that you do pods with um ian no no no. ian's super optimistic okay well you, you need to pick the pessimistic guy to do uh west virginia with because i want to hear it yeah well i want to pick the pessimist for ou oh i think i'll i'll definitely go pessimist i think you need to do that one with ian for sure because yeah. i think he has a special vitriol for uh well they have a special for vitriol for him Ian, for him, it's not personal. It really isn't. He just does his analysis and says his things. And OU fans really hate him. Hey, you guys aren't going to be very good this year. And here's why. So he went. Dare you be reasonable? Well, he and that is Ian. Like I mean, he's very reasonable. Uh, He went to Big Twelve Media Days and took a picture with the Sooner mascot and put it on the Twitter. (laughs) That's awesome. awesome. I was very proud of him. I was very proud of him for doing that. Yeah, no, you you got to be able to shit all over them because I said their schedule sets up very well for him this year, but it wouldn't wouldn't hurt me to see them limp into the SEC next year. Yeah, well, I think uh, Ian and I will talk about OU at one point because they've been running a little psyop on their fans and their sites. (laughs) Seriously. Of Of course they have. So... Some trying of to get the, the, the inside lowdown on what everybody thinks about Venables or what? Well, what they've been peddling to their fans about Desan McCullough, Jared Kanak, like these new guys, a linebacker, they're going to remake mm-hmm. the defense. Those dudes are running second team right now. And they were selling them as like not only surefire starters, but impact players to the point that the Sooner sites are reporting this. And I'm picking up this information secondhand, even from my preview. So I'm writing, Desan McCullough could be a big impact player, transfer from Indiana, and this dude's having trouble. They're having trouble finding a position for him. So, and what I think a, some of that weird, has... What a weird world this has turned into. Yeah. Football and everything, like having to think about that kind of stuff. But yeah, no, I mean, I can see it for sure. I mean, yeah, I mean, control of the narrative is the game of the game. Yep. This day and age. Did you see Miami's big NIL benefactor is going to jail? (laughs) 
I'm so shocked. Shocker. I'm so shocked. It's not uh, even fun. Um, and the last one did yeah. the same. Nevin Shapiro. Remember yeah, that all of, I mean, it's anyway. Anything in Miami involving real estate and like get rich quick TikTok dudes. It's it's all it's all cop. What it's all you mean? You mean they're not smarter than everybody else that's lived here for the last 150 years? Apparently, they had an angle we didn't understand, Randy. Pretty sure that uh, the people down there that have the money have figured it out at this point. Well, it's it's that's why Tom Herman lives in Boca Raton now. He's going to have his angle. Actually, you know what? I think Herman could actually flourish there. We opened up the locker room again, so that's good. Well, he opened up the locker room. It was a five and seven locker room, and now it's going to be an eight and four locker room. But that'll be fine there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. No, I, th- I think he's good there, honestly. Yeah. I think yeah. that'll that'll fit his stick. He'll, he'll do get, his he'll he'll get guys that uh that'll deal with it. And I think as long as he wins eight, nine a year, the brass will put up with him. I don't think he's changed any or learned anything. Yeah. From what I've gathered. No. Did you uh happen to catch Lane Kiffin at SEC Media Days? <laughs> Mm, yeah, he looks like he was uh, a young Randy Boone on a fall weekend Sunday morning after yep. uh, being out <laughs> way too late with everybody and rolling into Rudy's and getting some barbecue for the full day on Sunday is what he looked like. Except uh, oh, man, had I to do interviews. I, I love, love him too. Guy. I just, I, I think I've always liked him, but when, uh, when you saw the uh, the videos of him on the sidelines when he was with uh, at Bama, and it's like three seconds before the ball snapped, and he's walking down the sideline with his arms up in the air like touchdown. Score. <laughs> just, I, I just I I like I'm not this way, but I love people that are just like unapologetically themselves. Yeah, like it's just it's it's a trait that I don't have, and I wish I did. But yeah, like people like that, just I respect them just because they're like, you know what, screw you, I don't care. Did you see when he took the screen capture of the Florida spring game in the fourth quarter, and it was seven nothing, oh. <laughs> and he just wrote the fire emoji. <laughs> Dude, his his stuff where he's just like he rose. Freaking saving all the time, like all of this oh shit's God. hilarious. It's, it's so uh, funny. It's so great. Yeah. I get a kick out of him. I like the but, guy. Nah, he's he's hilarious. So, all right. Well, he ever, he ever runs out of a job, I'd I'd love to see him in in burn orange. Him and him and Gary Patterson can hang out when he comes back. Oh my God. Yeah, it's happening. It's happening. <laughs> Gary. Gary's getting bored. He noticed footballs like getting talked about now and he's getting that itch. Yep. Yeah. Those guys, I mean, those guys are just wired differently, man. That's just, yeah. It's what they do. Yep. A hundred percent. Well, Hey man, do you have anything else we should touch on before we say au revoir and, and do this again? That's something. I don't think so. Oh, Randy's checking we, notes. Wow. We hit everything. We're getting professional. No, I don't know. we hit the hit the stuff that I was kind of prepping for. Um, Yoakum Bulldogs going to stick it to Lavernia and Columbus this year? Probably stick it to Lavernia, probably not Columbus. All right. What about Quero? Based, based Those... upon the last year. That, I mean, I hate to be cliche about it, but there's so many years that we have no business of winning that game that we win it, and it's it's a rivalry deal. So 
I have no idea what they have this year. I know, I know coach Fikach is back um, down here and he's, he's had success last year. Um, and then, you know, uh, fellow Texas alum coach Robinson's here in Texas or here in uh, Yoakum. So I don't know what they have. We were talking about that at work today, actually. Um, one of my coworkers actually uh, is a ex NFL guy. Um, and we were talking about the, uh, the prospects of the Bulldogs this year and neither one of us knew anything. So That's I guess good. we need to need to do a little studying and see what, uh, what's coming down the pipe. You know what I don't? So does Quero acknowledge Yoakum as their primary rival? Is that mutual? Uh, I would say so. Okay. Um, probably if you ask somebody from Quero, you may get a different response. But uh, I think it's a primary rival. But I, I think the Yoakum is definitely the, the look down upon of the two. Gotcha. So here's what I don't like about that rivalry game. They're playing the second week of the season. Yeah, that's that. Ever since the districts got messed up and everything, yeah, that, it, was, it used to be the last game of the season. Yeah, and uh, now everything like they're uh, whatever division higher than we are, I guess four A one, and we're four A two or whatever. However, it works now. But uh, yeah, that sucks. That's kind of a kind of a crappy thing because I mean, it, college football is one thing early in the season to get it figured out, but. High school football is even worse. You know, yeah. second week of the season, good luck. Unless you just have a whole bunch of people returning, you don't you don't know what you're running out there. Totally. All right. Well, you let that be known to the people in your your area about my feelings, and then point we'll to do. my rankings on the Amazon coaching we'll books. I'll be like, hey, look, this guy knows a thing or two about coaching. This guy knows more than Bill Walsh. I mean, obviously, Am- Amazon wouldn't lie about anything, right? Amazon doesn't lie. They're not allowed to. <laughs> I trust all big corporations, Randy. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, all right, guys. Hey, uh, it's been a blast. Randy, hey, man, thanks for doing this. It's been awesome. Um, are we going to break down on another schedule next time? Yeah, let's, Who are you thinking? Let's, hop, let's hop into one. Throw it to the listeners. To let them pick. Oh, that's a good idea. Which one, which one do you want to hear? You got to figure right. out your uh, your uh, email password so you can read it. But yeah, that's a good point. Trophy mailbag. Uh, that's that's probably trophy mailbag at gmail.com. I did you need to figure? Out. Please, that, that would be I, more responsive. Yeah, I, I just I just kind of said that off the cuff, but I would be interested to hear which one they were most intrigued with. Oh, they're gonna say OU with who we have left. Come on. No, no, no. no. I'm after them. That's a given. Okay. That's a given. And if we get into non-conference, you know, Bama. But between the the others, I would be interested to know well, where to, they're at. If uh, we do Rice, they got worse. Uh, so right as I'm publishing my preview, and I point out we're going to crush Rice. They don't want a chance. I point out, hey, they do have one group of players that's pretty good. It's their wide receivers. Their best wide receiver, Bradley All Rosner. <laughs> Just transferred to NC State. He's going to start for them. And then they bring back the McCaffrey. And then they lost their athletic uh, dude who missed last year, but was their star like two years ago. Uh So two of their best three receivers are now gone. So now Rice. uh, So the the third guy get hurt or he transferred too? I think he's hurt and okay, can't come I, back to football. Yeah, I, th- I was about to say, I, think, I thought one of them was hurt. I didn't know that other guy transferred. So it's going to be hurt. McCaffrey out there trying to catch balls from JT Daniels running like in routes on repeat. And uh, Bradley Rosner is going to be out at NC State playing against Clemson. 
It's not good. Not, not good for good. the Owls, Randy. I don't I don't think they're going to beat Texas. I'm just going to go out on a limb here. I'll, I hope you're correct on that one. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, uh, we could do this all night, and sometimes Randy and I have. But uh, we're going to say au revoir. We're going to say hook them. And football season's here, y'all. Let's uh, practice let's tomorrow. Ramp it up. Let's do it. Go throws. Let's go. Adios. Hook them. What's shaking, folks? Hey, I just want to alert everyone to the fact that the best damn Texas football, Big 12, and Longhorn opponent preview in the world is now available. It's called the 2023 Longhorn Football Perspectives, Thinking Texas Football. It's the 11th annual. Uh, It's 177 pages in the print version and uh, over 50,000 words, all on your favorite team all on their opponents. Uh, I go into every player, every position, every unit. I talk about uh, the Texas move to the SEC and what it means and why it was a long time coming. And I have all sorts of other enrichment stuff in there in terms of predictions for the conference, uh, matchups, strengths and weaknesses of every opponent. And uh, hopefully it's written with a high level of analysis and a dash of humor to keep you entertained. So anyway, it was a huge undertaking as it always is. It's also a labor of love and it's something I get a great response on every year. If you have not bought this preview, now's a great time to do it. You can buy it at three places. The first and most obvious is Amazon, 800 pound gorilla. You could buy the print version there. Uh, That print version is phenomenal. The only thing I regret about the print version is it's black and white for financial reasons. Uh, And so that means that you don't get the full effect of Will Gallagher's amazing photographs uh, that he provides for the preview. Uh, But the rest of the preview is great. And I still think the preview, the photographs are actually kind of awesome and classic looking in black and white. The other two places you can buy it electronically are Apple, which is straightforward enough. If you're an iPad user or you're a Mac or you want to read it on your iPhone, just go buy it on the Apple store. You can have it in your hot hands right this instant. And then finally, there's Smashwords, which is an independent publisher. If you want to support the little guy, uh, which I like to do, uh, it's a great place to publish. And it's also a great place to buy your book because it is system and platform agnostic, uh, not the biblical or religious sense of agnostic, but rather the sense that it doesn't care or, or doesn't know <laughs> what, what platform it's being used on. Meaning if you want to read it on a Kindle, go buy it on Smashwords. If you read it, want to read it on your iPad, you can buy it on Smashwords. In fact, I've actually noticed the Smashwords version reads better, ironically enough, on an, on an iPad than the Apple version. I don't know why that is. Uh, it has probably has to do with Steve Jobs passing away. Steve would never have allowed that to happen. Anyway, uh, just wanted to share that with you. I hope all of you jump in. If you're not sure about reading the preview, hey, go read the reviews. You can read them on Amazon. You can read them on Apple. You can read them on Smashwords. It's a bunch of five-star reviews, and, and people are really kind enough to write great reviews and give you a good understanding of what the preview is and why you should buy it. Uh, Go do it now. I hope you enjoy it. And we're in the home stretch for football. Y'all take care. Interest rates are up and the market is tumultuous. And now more than ever, you need the best darn possible mortgage broker working on your behalf. That's Gabe Winslow. And you can reach him at 832-557-1095. Or you can go to mortgagesbygabe.com. What makes Gabe so unique? Well, he's incredibly bright. 
He's a UT grad. He's got a law degree. He's been in the mortgage industry for over 20 years, and he is a true mortgage broker. What does that mean? It means he can shop for the best deal at over 80 different lenders and find you the terms that best suit you. Most mortgage guys you talk to won't reveal that they have exactly one size fits all for you and exactly one conduit to get your loan. If you are in these hyper competitive markets and you're in these markets that have frankly gotten a, less, a lot less friendly to the consumer, you need the best possible person working on your behalf. That's Gabe Winslow. He has our full endorsement. You can reach him at 832-557-1095. Do you need a realtor in Central Texas? Of course you do. We all need a realtor in Central Texas. Even those of us who live in Dallas or Houston or San Francisco or Denver, Colorado, you need to go to Central Texas anyway. And the reason is Laura Baker is a fantastic realtor. She's great at what she does. She's a member of the elite Andy Allen team for Keller Williams. You can reach her at 512-784-0505. Talk with Laura if you're thinking about putting your house on the market. This is a great time to get market comps. Uh, if you're looking to buy in the market, you need all the help you can get. Call Laura and it's 512-784-0505.